Welcome to the Off Plan On Air podcast, a podcast by Excelsior Real Estate in Dubai with your host, Nick Grassick. Hi, welcome back to Off Plan On Air. Uh, I think by the latest count now, we're up to episode 20. We've sat around for 20 odd hours doing all this rambling, boys. Morning, how are you? I've got Matt, Sav, Mitch with me again. Good morning. Things? Good, good. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Oh, English. Yeah. Oh, we now given up on the. Um, yeah, I think it's time to just Google grow it. Up. You, you can you can get new ones. No, come on. Let's just let's. Well, just... hope we resume our our, our international um, sal- celebration. No, what is what is salutation? Greetings. Salutation. Thanks. Greetings. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was looking for. All right, so we're off to an amazing start this morning with the rambling nonsense, um, guys. This morning we're going to have a chat about your thoughts uh, about what is constantly being reported in the press of the volume of high net worth individuals who are buying real estate over here. How do you feel as though that's going to have an impact, whether it be positive, negative, neutral, to the overall economy beyond just simply buying some of the most expensive real estate in the world? Well, I mean, usually people who buy expensive real estate like they're buying aren't employees. They're usually people that have their own companies, right? So they'll be setting up businesses here, which will obviously be brilliant for the economy. It'll be creating jobs. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, in that sense, there's a lot of entrepreneurs coming here at the moment. Uh, obviously, Dubai has made it now a lot easier to set up a company here. I know back way when you had to be sponsored by an MRRT. It was incredibly expensive back in the day as and well. Incredibly expensive. Yeah. Now you can do it for like 12,000 dirhams in, in, in Maidan, can't you? Depends so. on the trade license, but yeah, it, it, it is, it's, it's much easier and it's much faster process. 6,000 euros for most, in most cases. Exactly. 6,000 euros for most cases. Is it it 6,000? I thought it was like... 3 to 6,000 euros. 3 to 6,000, yeah. So exactly, so you can can set up businesses here now, which is obviously attracting a lot more people. I mean, it's great that they're buying real estate, which is great for the real estate market, but you know, there's so many other elements to people coming here, which, which will be good for the, for the country, for the economy. And just quickly on that, well, you mentioned about the, you know, the companies being set up over here. Um, again, Vanessa, our office manager, who does all of our, all of our research and, um, and stats. Um, I think the Chamber of Commerce in the first six months of 2023 recorded more than 30,000 new companies registering with them. That's Huge. That's insane number of companies that are setting up over here. I mean, a few of them probably will just be for purposes of visa. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, you know, the, the, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, but, in uh, terms of it, it's a tax haven. So there's going yeah. to be an element of holding companies that are being set up over yeah. here. Absolutely. Yeah. But it, that doesn't mean all of them. You know, there, there's still a lot of companies being new companies being set up for purposes of actually running a company, which, like I said, will be good for the economy, will create jobs, will ha- um, give more openings to other people being able to move to Dubai because Dubai's a, you, you need a job to, to be here, right? You can't just come here and, and without Those a job. aren't freelance companies either because that's a separate visa. So those are legitimate entities that are being created. And taking what Matt said, a lot of those will just be to create some kind of holding business that's not really operational, allow them to get a visa, allow them to move here, residence tax-free until they figure out what to do next. Even at just 10% of those, 3,000 real legitimate businesses that have just been created simply because people want to move here for the tax benefits, figuring a couple employees for each business after a year of growth, you're looking at 
10,000 new jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is no small thing. And that's only the first six months as well. Only the first six months. And that's just pure job creation, not induced by the government. It's simply just saying, come and they provide the environment. I feel as if, I've had the feeling since I've gotten here, since I've watched it grow, especially the last two and a half, three years, I really get a sensation that it is an early stage Monaco. And I can't shake that no matter where, if I look at empirical research or just anecdotal from different people explaining it, the way Monaco had started and grew in fame roughly 180 years ago and they started doing tax-free, you have a very small locality that is central to the region, Monaco being on the coast of France, Italy, the Riviera, Europe here. This is in the middle of quite a bit of Middle Eastern and Indian regions. So you have quite a few different pools of, of demographics coming in. It's small and isolated. There's no tax. And the English is a, a second language, even though there's an original language here, Arabic. It's You have wealthy individuals, high net worth individuals, ultra high net worth individuals, centimillionaires, several billionaires, hedge funds coming here, large scale operations. It's And then you have the outskirts, Abu Dhabi, where a lot of money is held, Ras al-Khaimah, where Iraq, where you have almost like a little millionaire's hideaway oasis or wealthy playground there. Billionaires now. Yeah, billion. Well, yeah, we moved on from millionaires, yeah. so billionaires now there. Yeah. It feels like it's becoming that. Maybe more accessible too. It's the early stage, so it's not a pure exclusive place like Monaco. I can't even afford a McDonald's there, but they have. But here it is still affordable. It's still early stage and it might not ever get to the exclusive level that Monaco is, but it has that feeling where you are able to get into a very tight-knit business-oriented community with full of wealthy or growth-minded people. Where, yeah. where, do you, where do you see this is going? Like, okay, I get, I get that ideology, I get that comparison of Monaco and everything, but where do you see this going? I mean, everybody's coming to Dubai, you know, business is booming, market is going up, blah, blah, blah. But where is the end? What's where do happen? you think it's going? Because this, this is interesting, because you, you've lived here your entire life. Yeah. So you've seen it, I mean, some of us have been in the room for like, like 15 years, but you've, you've been here, what are you now, 46, 47? No, just shy of 40, <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> where, do you, where, where do you see it going? Sky's the limit. Things which I didn't even imagine when I was growing up here, is actually reality now. So your imagination is just, it can go anywhere. Sure. Gaming license, you could never thought of it, right? There's so many things when I was growing up, you were like, okay, this is never gonna happen to Dubai, or never gonna happen to UAE. But now it just, <laughs> take, the, take Palm Jumeirah, for example, uh, a man-made island. Who, who made some man-made island? And you know, like- Yeah, that's fair. You know, tallest tower in the world, Burj Khalifa, you know? I don't know, like you just name it, it's there in Dubai. What's next, you know? Gaming resorts. Um, well, that was announced at the end of last year. Yeah. yeah the new, the new island, the island. MGM. MGM Island. Right. Yeah. So gaming resorts. Yeah. Google can't be wrong. <laughs> it's online. It's fabulous. <laughs> but then, but then to sustain all these people, so-called, coming in the next five years, let's say, right? Giving the fact that you no, know, everything else around the world stays how it is. Dubai prices will just go over the top. So, <clears throat> see, on that, I, I mean, there's a lot of talk about obviously because the prices have increased there's a lot of talk about the volume of people who are moving here there's a lot of talk about the level of high net worth individuals who are moving here personally i think it's broader than that i think we're just seeing a paradigm shift i don't like that word a paradigm shift from what dubai has historically been known as to what it is now becoming it's no, it's, it's nowhere near parity yet to the likes of london new york 
Paris, Hong Kong. Will it ever be? I think, look, there's no reason why it shouldn't be. I mean, you've got to bear in mind, the UAE has recently celebrated, was it 52? But that's from the original founding, when you start to then, see the main think... economic boom. It's, it's less, it's but, 20 to 30 years. But, but it's, yeah, I mean, essentially, we're talking about a, co- you know, a country that is in its infancy. But don't you think Dubai is learning from the mistakes of the rest of the world and they're trying to iron out the wrinkles of whatever issues had been so that they can... I think they're capitalizing on the mistakes of, of the course. rest of the world. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's the whole purpose, I mean, right? There's so many governments that had to bail out their economy during the COVID years, um, that as a result of which they're jacking up their, 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 their taxes and that's why we're seeing such a, such a huge influx. And it's not just taxes. People are getting hit with, with from both ends. They're getting hit with legitimate increase in taxes visibly in ta- visibly being taxed but there's the invisible tax of inflation that a lot of these places are seeing in Europe North America and other ones so you're, 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 you're less money in your pocket and that money that you do have is now worth less over the last two three years and it's projected to continue over the next half a decade whereas the opposites true here. There is a slight inflation that you'll see with any growth period, but I, I think it's sustainable. You talked about what it's been like over the years, and you mentioned sustainable. We've talked about it on a few other podcasts. I think there's, isn't, growth is never linear. There are, there are increases, decreases, but your trajectory is always forward and upward. But I think it's legitimately stable. They would push and there wouldn't be enough to support it. Sure, you had wealthy people, you had business owners, but a lot of it here was originally oil, then it transitioned with Emirates, or around the same time those are happening, and then service industry, and that's not what you can use to sustain a large-scale, high-end city like that. Now that you have legitimate entrepreneurs coming in, you have legitimate industries across a broad spectrum. It's not just oil. PMI is well off of oil now, less than 50%. You have tourism, and now it's even shifted beyond those two. Emirates Tourism is funding a lot of all that and the growth, but now you have actual industries. You have a potential gaming one coming. You have manufacturing, low-level manufacturing and some textiles. You have quite a few other ones. Energy now, non uh, or renewable energy that's growing in a, in a massive way. And a few other sectors, especially in IT and, and development. That can actually fund the final push that puts it over the edge into a, a world player of a city, in my opinion. Because you've seen it as you've been here, as Nick mentioned, 56 years. You were, but still not the oldest person in the room. It, you, you've seen it, you've seen it uh, go up, and then it's taken a little hit, both from natural reasons, some man-made through the government re- um, regulations they've implemented to curb some of the growth, but you've seen it rise, and a slight fall correction, rise, a slight fall, yeah, as growth naturally does. Again, it's not linear, but this time I think they can really break through into something that transcends and leaves now, the history of Dubai behind. It continues to grow, and so, I don't think it'll ever become the most expensive city in the world. So, at least not for the next 20 years. Now, in my experience in real estate, I have seen that the caliber of people who's looking to buy in Dubai, right? It used to be families, and then it used to be uh, business owners. Then it used to be, um, then there was a big boom of crypto owners, right? Crypto, uh, crypto kings, yeah. yeah, millionaires. You know, they made a massive money, and they're coming to Dubai. Where do you think the H&I clients of the world are most located? And if they're coming to Dubai, what happens to the rest of the, you know, the average people of Dubai? Oh, there's always going to be a market there for, I mean, let's, let's, let, let's not forget, we, we specialize in off-plan. And because luxury property, let's use that, 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 you know, that, 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 that catchphrase, luxury property is in such high demand, that's typically where we put our focus. 
So I would suggest at least 60 to 70 percent of our time is working in that luxury space. But let's not forget, there were, by the Office of Statistics, um, 100,000 extra people who moved to, to Dubai to become a resident last year. That 100,000 people need somewhere to live, whether it be a house to, to, to rent or a property to buy and to own. Now, the, the, the stats for last year in terms of the resale market, which admittedly we do not have a great amount of exposure to, but the stats from the Dubai Land Department, the vast majority of the home purchases last year were sub 3 million dirhams. That's a regular home. Because we typically specialize in a very niche sector, I think we're more exposed to people of a certain demographic than the majority of people who are here living in Dubai. So I don't think there's ever going to be a, a, a scenario whereby, you know, the, the general population are priced out of the market because people need somewhere to live. And ultimately, housing prices do get to a point whereby if they're too high and people can't afford them, they don't buy. And then those sellers that are trying to sell ultimately need to start reducing their prices. That's just the natural ebb and flow of a property market that I've seen, unfortunately, far too many times in over the last 30 years. In terms of, you know, as talking about the high net worth individuals. I read in The, I read in the Guardian uh, an article last week whereby the high net worth individuals, the ultra rich, were calling upon the governments to, 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 to tax them to a greater extent. Because when you go above a certain amount of personal wealth, whether that be 10 million, 20 million, 50 million, call, you pick your own number, you don't need any more than that. So there was then, you know, the, the article started with, with, with that as an argument, and then it moved on to which individuals, if the governments were to start to tax the wealthy in their countries, how many of those wealthy would then decide to move country into what's termed as a tax haven? And the general consensus was, first of all, people of a certain level of wealth have multiple homes around the world. It's not a case that they'll buy somewhere and then reside in it. So they have the ability and the freedom to be able to move around. But the, under sorry, the, the overwhelming um, consensus was people of a certain level of wealth won't just move to a tax haven that doesn't offer them a quality of life because when you can afford it, you want the best quality of life. That's just human nature. So you have certain locations. I think Grenada was mentioned. I know Bahamas was mentioned. And the general consensus was, these are great holiday destinations, but you can't live there. Or you would choose not to live there. Because one quote mentioned about the opera. If you wanted to go out for the evening and enjoy some fine dining and some high quality entertainment, you're not going to get it in certain countries that are termed as tax haven. Dubai is going to be different. We don't yet have the, 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 the rich cultural um, offerings of London or New York because we're not old enough yet. But we're certainly getting there. You know, I heard on the radio yesterday, and I just literally looked it up right, right now on BBC.com. Australia has axed its so-called golden visa, which granted wealthy overseas investors to the right to live in the country. So they are not going to allow golden visa for the wealthy to live there. And on the flip side of that, only last week, the government in the UAE announced that there's now no minimum amount required to be paid towards a property in order to, guarantee, in order to uh, qualify for a golden visa. The purchase amount still needs to be worth 2 million dirhams at the point of 
uh, applying for the golden visa, but you no longer need to have made... Not even the purchase amount, just the value. You could have purchased it at 1.8 and now it's... Or you could have purchased it at 1.5 four yeah. years but ago. Still got so to pay, that, you still got to pay 1 million. No, that was changed last week. So is that the same on off-plan? So if you sign an SPA on a, an apartment that's 2 million, you no, because on the portal, when you go and apply online on the portal, you have to provide a title deed. Okud isn't accepted. So the unit has to actually be so ready. You have to have a title deed. Right, okay. But there's still that window that we talked about on a previous podcast with Sab, that there's there's ones that are ready in less than 12 months, six months, three months, eight months. And by the time you end up getting here, paying it, getting Relative. settled, you now have your visa. And you have to apply in the country anyways. I think the thing on this is that the government is on a, on a, a monthly basis making it easier and easier to attract because they need to grow the population. Let's not detract from the fact that Dubai, the UAE, has a GDP goal to achieve by 2040. In order to do that, they need to grow the population by just over 2 million people. Yeah, well, this is, I mean, just going back to the businesses in the first place, we were talking about setting up new businesses. Like a few years ago, certainly when I got here five and a half years ago, there was a lot of restaurants, for example, they would pop up within a couple of months, they'd be closed down again because they just wasn't getting the footfall. Nakil Mall, when it first opened, do you remember Nakil Mall? You mm. used to go there, you used to see about two other people. You go there on a Saturday now, it's absolutely booming. There's yeah. everybody in all the restaurants. So the, the existing businesses, it's not just these new limited companies that are setting up. The, the existing businesses are keeping staff because a lot of time people will have to leave Dubai because they lose their jobs because the business had failed. So the more people coming in is also fueling the fire and existing businesses as well, not just the new businesses. Yeah, with, 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 with the population continuing, continuing to increase, there's greater demand of every service. Yeah. The number of schools which are opening at the moment. I, I recently had to, say recently, at the back end of last year, I had to re-enroll my lad in his school. Um, so you would naturally assume that as he's been there for a number of years that he would be automatically be in. No, I had to jump in really quickly because they, they, the schools now are constantly oversubscribed. Yeah, hugely. There's like um, the Jess School in Arabian Ranches. I heard there's like a six year waiting list. You mentioned, you brought up a really good point with your question of what happens then, is it sustainable for there? If you look at any of the, the major cities, London, New York, any place in Switzerland, the big ones in Switzerland, Hong Kong, even the tiny ones with, with land restriction, if you look at Macau, Hong Kong, there's not a lot more. Singapore, there's not a lot more they can build there. We have two things that are an advantage for Dubai is that they can continue to build. And if you think, oh, that's crazy, they're going to go far into the desert. Well, if you take the metro, how long does it get from one end of the Dubai to the other? 20 minutes? From the Palm to downtown, that metro rides 20 minutes. And you might not want to take the metro, but that shows that they can connect things pretty easily. And if you're here before, Palm wasn't here when you were born. Palm wasn't here when you grew up. The marina loosely established. They're able to expand along the coast, but we've already seen them starting to expand inland for places that are extremely popular. Damak Hills too, way out there. You're almost, on, you're almost on Mars by the time you get there, but it's one of the most popular and constantly selling destinations because they built a community. They start to connect these one. Dubai Hills now? That, that's been a massive place where I know quite a few of wealthy and successful people that live there. You're close to golf. Arabian Ranches isn't next door to downtown. And that's one of the most popular places for expats. It was originally fueled through, as Matt knows, the expat. This constant that, growth, is it healthy? Absolutely. The more, the more you grow, the more you can do. They will eventually reach a point. But and I think it, that's... It'll reach I a plateau. So then every, like... every empire we've ever looked at has, has fallen. 
everyone that ever, the sun will set on something at some point. I just don't think we're there. I think we're 100 years off from that conversation. Yeah, I so agree. Let it, so let it build, let it grow for 100 so this years. This is like the new shiny thing people attracted. I, and think, it's not just I think we're into infancy of where it's going 100%. to develop too. But it's interesting that you mentioned that. Is it a good thing? Because you have seen it yeah, from... I mean, that is good and bad from before and now. What, me, would be, what would be right? some of the downsides then? The negative aspects traffic, of this? Thing. Mental traffic. Like, it's crazy. The, the people. You mean you haven't driving. used Uber helicopter? You're saying the infrastructure isn't necessarily there. To, it hasn't, it hasn't to adapted. Cope with, yeah. I mean, everything has a downside and positive, right? When I say traffic, the, the culture of drivers in Dubai has changed dramatically compared to before. Before there used to be, okay, an X amount of people in Dubai, they knew what, how, or what are the rules are. But now you have so many different types of people from all over the world bringing their own culture of driving, and it's just the mayhem on the road. It's Certain areas. It's like Mario Kart in the morning, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? I think you'd be safer with Mario Kart. Yeah. And you know what? You find now that the people are back to Dubai, you know, schools are opened up, everything's... It's crazy at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But don't forget, part of that is because... The, the, the population has grown so aggressively in such a short period of time. You know, at the moment, yes, there, are, uh, there, there the is road. congestion on the roads, but it's because the government haven't had the chance to keep up with the exponential growth. They will do, well, not even, not even and you the, will have these communities and Not roads. even the government. They've done a good job here. And again, coming from the U.S., where it's all open, no government restrictions, people will... It, it will confuse my red, white, and blue soul a little bit that there are hard limitations to things. But within that sandbox of what you can play in, they have left it. And I don't think the government will step in and do it. RTA, quasi-government, but then the developers, the other communities, are doing that on their own. Dama kills, the government doesn't say, hey, build all this and mandate that. They know that the demand will be there for a community. As you said, people spend a majority of their time in that community living there. I think you'll eventually see a mixture in a lot more of the private sector that will do, that will do a little bit more. Sure, the government will step in and provide their infrastructure, their basic level. But I think, and, and that's just roads connecting communities. I think what will happen first, or what is likely to happen first, is that these communities will spring up and you'll eventually have separate points within Dubai that are focal points. Right now, it's just downtown. It used to be Business Bay. Now, with the kind of traffic, not a lot of people want to spend time in Business Bay unless you spend your entire day 24-7 there because getting in and out is a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Similar with downtown. You mentioned this. How often do you go downtown? Of course, you live here, but oh, after I get a nosebleed it off. I need a tracking device and find my way back. I hate that end of it. Is, so, but you stay in the palm. I think you're going to but see then, a lot more then, of those little hubs build, which will put less demand and stress oh, absolutely. on the main ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dama Kills 2 is on the way out, and that's kind of our border point. That's the furthest out people have successfully explored and ventured into building a development, a community, a neighborhood with all the amenities necessary. It's urban sprawl. That's, that's what we're why seeing. JVC. That's why you invest in places which is going to boom, not already boomed. Made in 2080 20, plan. Ooh, there's your advice from yeah. Sav this morning. Yeah, I mean, if you're yeah. an investor, you look at capital appreciation, not where it's already done. Yeah. Because there's an industry in all of those ones for, for your low income or middle income in all of those cities, Hong Kong, Singapore, London, you can live on the outskirts and commute and that just grows and enhances the city. If you're living in the community, JVC is now a 
well, cluster, but it is now an, an intensely focused central point for people that are living there that can't or don't want to Six spend. Six years ago, people would be like, oh, JVC is so far. It's Who's so going to live there? And there's yeah, nothing yeah, around it. I've been arguably, living in JVC for the past four years, and I'm like, you know what? It is literally in the middle of everything. JVC to downtown, JVC to uh, like business bay, JVC to Barsha, JVC to the um, Oh, malls. fast forward five years, we'll be having the same conversation about Mac Hills too. It's right yeah. in the corner. Anything else you guys want to throw in? Um... No, build more roads. The Romans done it. <laughs> Rome wasn't building today. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for your time, boys. See ya. Thank you.